He is our provider. He's the one we can call upon when we have a need, whenever we're in trouble. We're here tonight to go into a place of prayer. I will take this time to plug the movie The War Room. You want to know about prayer? That is something that's the same people that's did facing the giants and the, the Kendrick brothers and the church that's down there. Uh, Men of Courage or Courageous, I think the name of the movie was. It's the same ones that brought that show about. And it is a very powerful movie about prayer. You see, there's a lot of times that there's fights that go on and a lot of times they're between us and they ain't nothing but led by the devil. This movie helps to point out something we've been talking about for quite some time and that is that we fight against the principalities. If there's ever a strife or anything that's brought between us, I'm going to tell you now it didn't come from heaven. Jesus knows how to smooth things over and let us get along how we're supposed to. That's how he does business. That's how he rolls. Is that worth an amen there? Is that how Jesus rolls? Yeah, I know that's not everybody's talk, but it is, it is what it is. That's how Jesus rolls. I want to talk about a church tonight before we go into prayer, because I want us to go into prayer. There are a lot of needs that are, that are needed tonight. Uh, I've got one that uh, we received today about uh, Jeannie Carson. She's having some blood pressure issues. And she's at the, the church pray for her and the baby. Um, and so we need to do that. We may need to make sure we're lifting them up. Uh, because God can touch them. But those prayers don't mean a great deal of anything if we ain't on, on board with God. I really want to walk. Does this thing work, Blue? If we ain't on board with God, then, yeah, I think it does. Then there's an issue, there's a problem that's happening because he will never, ever bless us as individuals, as a group of people, as a nation. Don't we see God come in that way? Don't he talk to the nations? And yet he talks to the individuals? His principles work no matter how you apply them. Does that make sense? And so, we're going to talk about a church tonight in Acts chapter 20, verse 17, of the Ephesian church. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading here because we need to receive this for what God has for us. Prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer is also listening to God. We have to hear what He tells us. We have to apply it whether we like it or not, or we should. Otherwise, when we don't, we don't. We get off of God's path. We get up off of his trail. We get off of the place that he's leading us to when we don't listen to him. Does that make sense? All right. Starting in verse 17 from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, you know, I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with the tears and in the midst of severe testing for the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance 
and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance. Repentance means turning away from the bad way. It don't mean asking forgiveness. It means you turn away from it. I'm not going to walk on this road no more. That's what repentance means. All right. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you, that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. He's telling them, you're not, after today, it's over. You're never going to see me again. He knows that. I think God has, has shown him that. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds to the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Skip down to verse 36. And when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was that his statement that he would never see them again. And they followed him to the ship. That's the Ephesian church. Paul had given these people warning after warning after warning. And what did he give it to them for? Why did he give it to them? Because he was listening to God. And he did it in tears. He did it in prayer. You see, that's where the real battle goes on today, brothers and sisters. That's where the, the battle happens. It happens in the prayer room. It happens when we're at the throne room of God. It happens whenever we get to the place that God has something going on. And let me tell you something. Everything that God has heading in one direction, the devil's trying to stop it. He always tries to tear it down. He always tries to do away with it. But he don't win as long as we stay in the place of prayer and seeking God. That's what happens. As long as we stay in the place of seeking God. Not just seeking him, but now hearing him. We know Paul heard him. We know Paul heard, well, I'm going to this town and trouble's coming. But I'm going anyway. I know we're heading down this road, and there's going to be resistance. There's going to be trouble. But I'm going anyway. Why? Because the God of all things. Do we believe he's everything? Therefore, when he tells us and he leads us, it's right. Whether it is against uh, 
uh, up against a body of water that you can't cross with an army bearing down on you follow God to that point and then you say all right God you got us here now what and he comes through don't he oh don't he always come through thank God he comes through he gets us through Whenever that, get, whenever that doesn't happen, it's when we get up against the wall right here or we get up against this, this great chasm that we can't cross to get to the other side or whenever we get up against that, that body of water that can't be crossed when God can't work is when we stop calling upon Him and we start coming up with our own ways to fix the problems, our own ways to get around this or to go through this or to even turn back away from that saying, well, maybe I didn't hear from God. Do you see what I just did? I walked away from the chasm. Maybe I didn't hear from God. Don't that sound logical? Maybe I didn't hear what God had to say, so I'm going to step away. Where's God at? Come on, somebody, you had to be following this. Where is God at? He's still right there waiting because he said, this is the path. And you can wander around in the wilderness for 40 years if you want to, but I'm right here waiting because you have to go through this with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you been somewhere and you didn't want to go, but you had to go through this with him? Why did you have to go through this with him? Because of our faith. Sometimes we go through some deep things. Why? Because he needs us to learn to trust him. Because of our faith. Well, the Ephesian church, they hear what Paul has given them, and he has prayed for them. He's poured out to God. By the way, if he did it in his prayer closet, who knows about it? This guy could just be talking foolishness, right? Couldn't he just be talking foolishness? He could just be saying that to, to get a few, few people that want the followers of Paul. But Paul wasn't about followers of Paul. Paul was, Paul was about followers of Jesus Christ. Now we know somebody lied back in the earlier part of Acts and they died, two of them. See, God has a way of taking care of business. Amen. I got one that's right. Somebody's paying attention. He has a way of taking care of business. Now, let's go over to the book of Acts. We ain't done yet with the Ephesian church. How many of you's got your Bible open and the words are wrote in red? Let me see your hands. How many of you doesn't matter? It's in red. It is the Word of God. As a matter of fact, in the black, it's the Word of God too, by the way. <laughs> so, these people have been seeking God. This is a church that Paul had started, and they have been praying, but yet Jesus comes and he has something to say to them. By the way, anybody know what's going on with the church of Ephesus today? Anybody? It doesn't exist. Apparently, whatever Jesus had to say, they didn't listen. However, this scripture goes through for all time. That ought to be a clue for us. If you don't listen to God, you just might not exist someday. Ooh. You walk away from the place he's got you going, that's saying I don't trust you. Now, we can get out our little Lincoln Logs or we can get out our our Legos, and we can take some pieces of this and build up a God that we want, and yet it all came from here. 
We can build that kind of faith, can't we, with our Lincoln Logs or with our Legos. And we build up a God based on some Scripture, but not all Scripture, just the parts that fits. And we build ourselves an idol. And we stand by it. You might know where I'm at here. I'd shake your head or something. I'm Okay. So Paul has opened this church. He has preached to this church. He has given them what they need. But now we see this specific church talked to in the book of Revelation. And by the way, all those churches in the book of Revelation are even for today. It's the word of God. And he, and he wants them to share these letters. Read any commentary you want. All right, let's read this. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. The lampstands are the light, the Spirit of God. Who holds them? Jesus does. Where is he at? He's walking among them. They're in his right hand, which it shows authority. So Jesus says this is him. And if you want to know if that's him or not, go back to chapter 1. You'll find this as one of the things that was... Uh, used to uh, describe him, that he used to describe him. I know your deeds. Now let, let's stop right there. He knows your deeds. Brother Gene, he knows your deeds. He knows what you're all about. You see, we can put on the face for church. We can put on the face for the people that we want things from. We can do the acting. We can do these things. But never, ever, ever forget Jesus knows your deeds. He knows what you're all about. He knows what I'm all about. Never forget that. He told them that. Now, he said for them to share these letters, too, with the other churches that are around. So guess what? They get to read it, too. And here we are, almost 2,000 years later, we're still getting the Word of God. Why? Because it stands the test of time. His Word will never fail. It will never go away. So he says, I know your deeds. Your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. They've got a pretty good standing with God, it sounds like. Yet I hold this against you. When Jesus says, yet I hold this against you, get the pen and paper out, get into the prayer closet, and work it out with God. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You have forsaken your first love. Now what exactly would that be? You see, we can... Love for Christ. We're about His business. We could change the world with Jesus. Here I am. I'm ready. Pastor Ashley preached an awesome message this morning. Just about being available. It's not about what you can do. It's about what He can do through you as you submit. If you don't submit, He can't work. And yet, we're going to find out what comes about from this. Consider how far you have fallen. Whoa. He's telling them, Take notice of how far you have fallen away. He had to tell them this because in their mind, everything was hunky-dory. Everything was good. Consider how far you have fallen. Now, when Jesus tells you you've fallen away, 
Oh, no, we don't like hearing that. I mean, we've got the building, we've got the this, we've got the that, we're doing everything this way and that way, it's all working out, we've got the program down. We got it down. We're right here for Jesus. We've been doing this for so long, we got it all figured out. And Jesus says, no. Consider how far you've fallen, because at one time you used to be hungry for a soul. And one time you were zealous to tell people about Jesus. At one time, I worked through you and lives were changed. You've left your first love, is what he told them. You've left your first love. Other things are getting in the way of your first love. Other things of this world are starting to creep in among us. Because of what? You left your first love. Why did Jesus go to the cross? So that you and I could be saved and every person has the opportunity to hear the gospel and to receive salvation and to grow in Christ, to receive the Holy Spirit and to walk in his way and to hear from him. You know, when you get into the war room, I like that movie, oh, you get to hear from God. You get to hear from him from his word. His word becomes alive. There's nothing else that's going to come in and infiltrate and mess up your mind because let me tell you, it is a war. If the devil can trip you up, oh, you're not effective anymore. Anybody like football? Yeah, how many Redskin fans are in here today? Oh, there's two back there and one guy. Raise both hands. Well, your big quarterback is out, right? Didn't he get hurt? Going to stay out. RG3. Yeah, it sounds like a soft drink now. And I'll tell you, that boy had something happening now. I mean, a few years ago. But guess what? He ain't no more. He's not an effective member of the game anymore. Oh, he fills up the news. He still sells the advertisement. Oh, they throw RG for these pitcher out there and, get, and they'll sell the cups and the jerseys. They're making money. It's all about that. We've got this guy, but guess what? He ain't in the game no more. He's not effective in the game no more. And that's exactly what the devil is always trying to do. And that, brothers and sisters, we have to be vigilant against. We have to be able to listen to God and know that you're not going to come in here, devil. You're not going to come in here and you're not going to stop where God's going, what God's doing. We have to stay close. We have to stay a hold of what God has for us. Amen. Because the first love they left. Now, these guys, they had a good report card, man. It was looking good for them. Consider how far you have fallen. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to ask you tonight, when's the last time you laid in the floor and, and cried over a soul? When is the last time that you have just not been able to rest good? You've not been able to do anything because of a soul. A soul that God has laid on your heart. When's the last time that happened to you? You answer that question. 
When's the last time things of the world have kept you awake? Had nothing to do with the souls of Jesus and the work of God. When's the last time that's happened to you? Finances don't work out right. Cars broke down. All kinds of things keep us awake. The boss said we might not be working good next week. Going to be down to two days probably because just production's not happening. We got guys on the TV now who are running for a position of high office in our nation. For what? And one of the things they're going for, I want to put some money back in your pocket, Jack. I'm going to put you back to work. Right? We got a guy who's very arrogant. I'm not going to mention no names. And everybody's falling in love with that. Why? Because <laughs> he said he's going to make you rich again. That's exactly why. He's going to make you rich again. And that's the kind of stuff that keeps 99% of the people in America, including a lot of Christians, awake at night. But the first love is about souls. Jesus went to the cross for a soul, didn't he? <laughs> Amen, Brother Ken, he did. He didn't die for anything else, did he, Brother Gene? He died for you, and he died for me. In all of your imperfections and all of my imperfections, he died for us. I'm going to tell you now, I don't know all your testimony, but I know he reached down a pretty good, deep, dark ways to grab a hold of this dude. And every day, he's still working. He's still fine-tuning. He's still tweaking. Why? Because I keep getting back up. I either have faith enough or I'm foolish enough to believe what the Word of God says. Now, the world will tell you that you're foolish enough to believe it. But I call it faith. I believe in what he says. And you know what? That's the first step in having that first love is faith in Jesus Christ. So he tells them these things. Here's a church that started... They've been praying. Jesus spoke, and history lets us know they did not listen. Oh, it might have been two or three generations down the road, but we do know now that by history, they ain't there no more. It's just a place to earn some money so people can come and tour where a great big church used to be. But God, where did he go? Oh, where did he go? But you have this in favor. Oh, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. He said he'd do it. We know that he did it. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. You might know who the Nicolaitans are. Let me give you a little rundown real quick. The Nicolaitans were a bunch of people who, they looked godly. They said the right things. They, they even tried to travel underneath the guise of Christianity. But they were the people who, they had a lot of rules. They put a lot of rules on people. They were not like the Pharisees. They were... Pharisees that something different was about them. They believed and they talked about Jesus, but yet they used things like meekness and love in a way that it's not conducive to the Bible. 
Jesus said he hated that. And apparently the Ephesians did too. They was able to see through. And they didn't like that very much. And Jesus said, well, you got this in your favor. I don't know what happened. Something happened because they're not there no more. But if the Nicolaitans, their practice wasn't right, that was not from God. So if it wasn't from God, does that not mean that that is a principality? That is something that is not good, that is leading these people? Traveling through the ethos of time, manipulating large groups of people, small groups of people. This word is good for us today. Paul came and he established a church. Why? Holy Spirit led him there. How did people get saved and the church get established? It was the work of God. Paul said, here I am, I'll do. I'm getting beat up every other day. I'm getting thrown into prison. I got rocks thrown at me. But here I am, I'm working. And God brought this church about. But we also find out that they had a warning that came to them from the Lord himself. You got a lot of good stuff happening. But there's one thing that's lacking that cannot lack, and that's your first love of Jesus Christ. You can have everything else in place, and it'll look good on a graph, but eventually you won't be here unless you repent. That's what Jesus said. So tonight we're getting ready to pray. You have prayer requests. Lift them up to the Lord tonight. Most of all, for you as an individual, that's what I'm going to do. I, I don't care. You know, it's up to you what you're going to do. But I'm going to call up on God tonight for me. I'm going to pray for these requests, yes. But Lord, is there something in this word tonight that fits my heart? And I tell you, I'm not a betting man, and I just say this to get a point across because I don't bet. But I'll bet you there's something there that he needs to fix. I'll guarantee you. When he fixes it, I'm going to tell you. Because I'm going to give him the glory. I'm going to give Jesus the glory for what he's done. Amen? You know, that's, a, that's another thing. Is it's hard to, to, to testify when self is still rolled up inside of you. I was this, but Jesus set me free. I had this going on, but Jesus set me free. It's a strong testimony for brothers and sisters. I've heard Brother Gene's testimony. You know what? I tip my hat to you for giving your testimony. I've heard some other testimonies, and I know there's a whole bunch of other testimonies that they're just waiting. You know, they're just stewing right now. Jesus is waiting for his time. It's not time yet. Maybe for the individuals. Maybe for us as a group. Maybe we're not capable of being able to hear some of these testimonies. We might actually destroy those poor people. I don't know. But that testimony has to tell what Jesus has done. So when we go and pray tonight, let's spend some time with the Lord. Let's call on him for behalf of these that have the needs. But let's also do a little self-searching.
it's always good to do self-searching. But remember, when Jesus speaks, the words in red, they might not be read in your mind when you hear them, or his words. And the black words are too, but the red ones are real important. He tells us something. He gives us what we need. And the amazing thing is, we got a choice. We can deny Jesus his work. We can deny the Holy Spirit from doing what he's going to do. We can still dress up in the duds. We can still go through the motions. The Ephesians did it. They did it. They lived their lives out. Probably died and probably had good funerals because, oh, they did this and they did that. They were in Ephesians. We don't know when it fell. I didn't research it that far. It didn't matter. Point is, eventually, they didn't listen to what God said. That place died. It's just ruins. And I don't want anybody saying that about me. I don't know about you because he created me and he created you and he wants to work through us. We have to be able to go where God's leading us. Amen? So let's pray along those lines tonight. I expect to see victory tonight. I do know that God wants to give victory tonight. It's up to us to receive the victory. And maybe those that are lost and don't even know it. Let's pray.